seconds is fine. Look, Three we can do whatever the fuck we want to, and people are just going to have to deal with it. Lie, lie, they have to lie back and take it. Yeah, something like that. That's what they get when they wear short skirts. All right, shut the fuck up. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson <clears throat> has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th President of the United States. Introducing the award-list winning podcast, it's the Intellectual Saviors, with your hosts, the pedo. <laughs> the motherfucker tried to become a man and it failed so miserably, he just said fuck it and killed himself. <laughs> the ginger bear. Facebook can go suck my fucking privacy-stealing cock. And, I guess it's why and the pivot man. Fuck America, because it accepted black people. They haven't won any awards, but they've won your hearts. So come on, we can get Hola, senores and senoritas. Welcome to the Intellectual Saviors. I don't know why I did that. I don't either. <laughs> I figured I'd just ride with the racist stuff. No shit. See how many uh, people we can piss off. Maybe we'll get popular. I do have to say, before we get started, I completely apologize to anybody who listened to that last fucking show that we put it's out. It's our own fault. We put a disclaimer on it. I did, I did put a warning on it, so if you listen to it, it is your fault. So I take it back. Fuck you. <laughs> you got what you deserve. No, no, I didn't say that. I You'd, said it's I'd their own that. fault. That's what I said, though. It's like getting the warning label, you know, don't stick a fork in the toaster and you do it. Yep. You're going to get shocked. It's going to suck. It's true. Just like the last episode. Were they shocked and it also sucked? <laughs> yeah, they're like, what? What is this? Well, this is gross. It yeah. makes me want to kill myself. <clears throat> well, that's kind of how I well, felt maybe not last that week. extreme. I was going to say, if Andrew know. listened to it, he might have went ahead and fucking finished off the job because he said he's been thinking about suicide. <laughs> With all the research he's been doing. Ooh, oh, mighty. You guys are dicks. What are you talking about? Anyway, so since we never do this, I'll go ahead and start off. For you lovely listeners out there, this is the greatest podcast on earth. And if you want to, right? If you want to know more about us, then you can follow us on the Facebook. You can follow us on the Twitter at the Intel Saviors. You can Google us because we're on everything: Stitcher, fucking TuneIn, Scatter Radio. We're on it all because we're that awesome. And iTunes. And I want to say something about iTunes. If you guys could go out there, rate us and leave a comment. If you leave a comment, no matter how negative and shitty it is, we'll read it on there. We'll do that for you. Which is a uh, code for shit on bogs as much as possible. 
That's all I'm saying. That's not nice. No, no. We love him. And as you could tell what, I mean, listen to last week's show. That's what it's like when he's not here. That just shows you how important he is to us. More like that's what it's like when his equipment isn't here. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> I'm feeling including my cocky fucking dude. Eh. Just better, kidding, Bugs. You better get on that mic. Glad you're back. Fucking, glad yeah. you're feeling better. Yeah. I'm glad you're ovaries are yeah well you guys were producing a shitty show i was vomiting so yeah dude i i don't know what happened to me the other day uh but i know obviously the listeners can't see it but if you guys look at my left eye i've got popped blood vessels right below it can you see that Mm. yeah uh for the sake of uh, the show yeah i can see it bright and clear (laughs) um (laughs) so i woke up yesterday and i kind just kind of felt off um, and I was dizzy for some reason. I don't know why. And I drove all the way to work and I was fine. But then the instant that I got into the parking lot, it was just like violent vomiting. Not just like the one vomit and that's it. I mean, like pretty much everything but my stomach. Super violent. Is I have no idea where the hell it came from. He's fucking patient X. We shouldn't be around him right now. <laughs> And, like, I felt really bad, but then as the day progressed, I just got better and better and better. And then, like, today I'm fine. Well, that's debatable. It's weird. I don't understand it. <laughs> so you could be contagious right now? No. You don't think Like, so? I'm not sick or anything. You look okay, fantastic. Okay. I probably just that. look tired, if anything. You look real good. Well, oh, it is you. fucking midnight. Well, no, that, no, it's a weekend, so I don't work know. a lot. I'll start off the show at the fucking bang. Because I know you two imbeciles. Because Eric just got off work. Because he's hard working, unlike Boggs, who's probably been stroking it or playing video games all day. Well, put the most a couple of, There we go. There we go. And there it is. A couple hours ago. This won't be like breaking news to people who listen to the show during the week. Because by tomorrow, it'll be talked over a million fucking times. But um, the Obama administration had made some progress with uh, the Iranians. They had broken breaking news. Uh, Obama came on, did a small press conference. They've uh, what was that today? Reached an agreement tonight, just a oh, couple really? hours ago. Okay, yeah, um, I had no fucking idea. I was like, that, what the hell did this happen? Um, Iran is going to uh, stop their nuclear program for like a sixty day period or whatever, and allow us to go in and start doing inspections. And we're just going to ease up mm-hmm. some sanctions. I just want to point out that this is a first step. First of all, we haven't had any type of relationship with them really since we overthrew their government back in the 50s. But um, <laughs> more so since about the, what, about 79 or so when the Shah took over and they became a theocracy. So I just want to point out to uh, all of our good middle of the road or maybe slightly conservative listeners, which is probably zero of you, but if we have a couple, that uh, had Romney been present now, instead of an announcement on how we're finally getting talks going to end their nuclear program, yeah, uh, it'd probably be called for fucking airstrikes. So that's the difference between having someone who actually sat down with your enemies and talked to them and trying to work out and make mm-hmm. solutions happen as opposed to whoa, someone whoa, whoa, who just... Whoa. Didn't Jesus to... say to love that enemy? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Obama's loving all up on that enemy. He's giving them exactly what they want. I thought I thought he said, uh, get the fuck out of my country if you don't speak English. Is that what Jesus Dude, said? Listen, as a person who plays online video games, let me just <laughs> get on my soapbox about this. For the people who are like, we need to have English as a national language, please learn how to fucking type it first. <laughs> you know how many times I see your, your, and yeah. two, don't, two, and two? Don't and worry about that. 
It's fucking ridiculous how Dude, often that mistake comes up. Sometimes I think it's so. I mean, I do that occasionally. I'll make that mistake. It's not because I, know, I don't but see, know. When it, I make that mistake, I, mean, would, would I die you, a little on the inside, and uh, I get like, I, I feel like I'm a regrettable person. Would you say that like some of them have English as their second language, and they don't have a first language? <clears throat> I mean, especially <laughs> when it comes to like written stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how it feels. <laughs> They never got a first language. (laughs) Sometimes, like, playing online games, it's a a lot of times you'll hear somebody rage at you, and you're like, the rage doesn't fucking mean anything when he's just like, you can't come here, bitch, fuck. Like, just, it's like chopped up sentences, and you're like, have to, sometimes people have raged at me, and I'm like, just to be a snide little bitch, (laughs) I just correct everything he said back to him. So, anyway, so, yeah, English, go English. Yay. Are we really glad to have him back? What? What were we talking about? Uh, oh, yeah. I run. And but you see that on Facebook, I just too. wanted to point that out. You see that on Facebook all the time. By the way, a little hint and note about our public education system. Oh, my. <laughs> I remember that uh, a buddy of mine in high school, we were, prob- I don't know, I was like a sophomore in college, I think, when he asked me this. But he was like, hey, can you teach me how to read and write? <laughs> wow! Graduated high school and then asked me that. Let me now, guess, football player. Yes. <laughs> hey, what's yes. up? Now, to me, as much as I'd love to say it was his fault, it wasn't. Was how, it, how are you allowed to graduate high school? Was it the system that failed? Uh, yeah, the system definitely failed there for sure. It failed a lot. Allowed, you shouldn't be allowed to graduate if you can't read and write, and you have to figure. Yeah, it out Yeah, but then college. what about his feelings? Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it has to do with well, but his feelings. We might need be him on hurt. the field because and he might yeah he might help us win. Too. And the more we win, the more money we make off our football games, and yeah. then we can that spend really all that money important. on things that are important, like more sports gear and more sports related things, and a giant stadium. That giant stadium we talked about. This is my high school, by the way, because this is exactly what happened. We're gonna renovate that giant three million dollar stadium to be even bigger. Meanwhile, by the way, this is the other thing. They were, you know, what their operating system was. This was I graduated in 06, right? Their operating system was Windows ninety five. That was okay. their be- wasn't that their best one ninety five? That was some uh, up to date well, shit I mean, right there. By the time I graduated, it was XP. But right, no I think more. I started. That means I started no high school in two thousand two. Cut him off. <laughs> Mike off. I started. I started in two thousand two. So we had Windows ninety five for the first two years. So before, so 2005 is when that school district finally upgraded to XP. Mm. Hear that? That was me powering down. Just like all the listeners out there. So anyway, you want to know why this is the greatest country on earth? Uh Uh-oh. Because when I want to fucking whack off, I can go to my internet... And I could pull up websites with tons of porn on them, and I could whip my wiener out, and I could just fucking slap it away, have a good old time. <laughs> In England, though, their fucking prime minister, David Cameron, they have just passed a thing now where they're going to make it where if your internet service, you like if you're in a family or something, you know, because you don't want the kids looking at the porn, you're actually, they're going to have to contact their internet providers and have them flip a switch to turn the porn on. There are going to be an automatic filter blocking all porn. That's bullshit. I want to tell you right now, if you live in England, I feel bad for you. That seems a little ridiculous. Oh, it's fucking nonsense. dude. And think about it. Like 
a little over the top. I don't even know what I would do with life at that uh, point. It's, it's not even <laughs> worth living, is it? Like, what the fuck would I do at that point? Well, I mean... I just want to say, anytime anybody's bitching about this country and us losing our freedoms and stuff, <laughs> just remember that. Obama hasn't taken our porn away. <laughs> so, it's important. <clears throat> I'm just when, trying when to think of to how sh- much time the internet providers would have to go through to to get all the websites, all of those addresses, and block them. I mean, think of how many porn sites are out there. Well, I'm sure there's... There's an obscene amount. Wow, I wonder how like they do How it. in the world can you find all of them? It's a good point. I mean, is it just like anytime they come across it? Oh, we need to block that one, too. I they guess just start with like the top rated ones. and. Yeah, I wonder how they do that. I wonder because <laughs> if you just do it by like um, that's a really good meta system. awards or something. Can you imagine being the guy who runs that and just look at porn all day? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you just get so desensitized to it. You'd just be like a zombie and you'd have to go for like some really kinky, weird shit. Yeah, I'm kind of mm. that point. I've had to go with the porn for so long now um, that I'm not to, <laughs> would you call it nugget porn? I'm not to nugget porn yet, but dude, I've looked at some pretty fucked up shit <laughs> to fucking get my rocks off. I'm not going to lie, man. Oh, Like what? <laughs> Give us an example. I can't even talk. It's come the, on. It's come unmentionable, on. some of the stuff come that I've on. looked at. No, it's not. Not on this show. <laughs> yeah, this is not on. the show where things are unmentionable. Just as long as it's not illegal. Just well, say it. Yeah, actually, kid porn, we're going to turn you in for that. No, and you're prone to that, by the way. I'm not prone, I'm not <laughs> prone to that. Pedo. No, dude, I, you search those fucking sites. And the good thing is, any you guys know this. Anybody that looks at porn knows. You start looking at porn, all the like ulterior sites start popping up. You get those pop-up ones, or it'll reroute you to fucking pages and stuff. And then you've got the pictures on there of the fucking girls just like fucking blowing their goddamn dogs. And you get that kind of shit. You guys have seen it. I Don't act ne- like I, you have not seen the fucking bestiality nope, stuff. No, I, I am not saying. Stuff. Hold up, I'm not going to say I've done anything. I'm just saying I've seen that stuff, and then I'm intrigued by it. I'm like, this is so <laughs> fucking wrong. I have to look at this. And I saw something the other day. It made me like actually kind of like sick, like gag. And I've watched like all kinds of <laughs> fucked up bukkake shit and everything else. But there's this woman fucking like the video is like a 30 second clip of this broad like blowing this horse and whacking off and it shoots a load and it's literally like a fucking gallon of fucking jizz and it's just I'm watching it come out and I'm just like <laughs> hold on she's a second. just taking hold on it. a second like, hold on a second I need to I need to get a song going real quick oh it's um, fucking gross Eric dude. you wanna hear standard blues over this uh, yes this conversation yes okay so now here we go oh am I supposed to keep talking yeah keep talking I'm, well, I'm pretty much done that was it I'm just saying it's just fucking broad doing her business to this horse and it unleashes goddamn fury like I've never seen Fuck all over her face. Oh yeah. Of horse come all over her face. Chick's face. And she was just That's licking right, it gallon. off her lips. Of horse come mm. licking it off her lips. Let me tell you something. The goddamn horse dick is huge. He watched it I think twice. And I think he <laughs> came and gagged at the same time. Did it come? I wasn't. Are horses into 14 year old girls too? Come on, man. Stop that shit. The NSA's listening. <laughs> Get me in trouble. <laughs> anyway, so David Cameron is uh, ruining fucking England. Can you charge horses for rape? No. What about child porn? 
No. There's a lot of that on your mind tonight, isn't there? What have There's you been a lot on? of that on your computer screen, apparently. Not on mine. I'm not saying that shit. I don't even think that, first of all, there... I don't think people obtain it that way. I think there's like seedy fucking ways. I, I think if you go on your computer and you fucking start typing in kitty fucking porn, I think the fucking services will show up at your doorstep pretty quick. I'm sure they yeah, probably I'm have pretty some sure they have that crap flagged. There's got to be something <laughs> on the computer for that. I have to imagine. Why don't yeah, you try, try are, that out? Those we'll, are pretty serious. Hey, Boggs, go get on your computer real quick and start typing that stuff in and see what happens. Oh, it'd be so funny if he got busted for something after all those shitty jokes you're making toward me, you racist fucking dick. I believe you're the one who caveated that with all of that was taken out of context. Nope, not for you. I'm taking it back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start recording you off air, playing the real stuff that you say. It's terrible, people. <laughs> you just would not know. This what episode are we on, Eric? Uh, too many. Too many. Okay, <laughs> episode too many. <laughs> episode See, too many. I'm pretty sure episode at this point, why the fuck are we still doing this? Yeah. I'm hey, pretty sure at this point, Michael, we pretty much all know that you're an asshole, so I'm just kidding. Everybody Me over you, buddy. We still love doing this show. Everybody knows that, but isn't that my charm though? So I saw no, this one story this really, week. No. You guys are gonna love this one. This is perfect for me and uh Bog since we're now divorcees or very soon to be officially. This guy, um, Alan Markovitz, this is my new hero. I think you'll appreciate his handiwork, Boggs. He um, bought a house next to his ex-wife. I Why saw would this. you do that? I well, saw this on Imgur. Okay. Listen to this, dude. This is badass. And, okay. um, in his backyard, facing her house, he purchased a, they say 3.5 meters, an American. That means roughly about, you know, we're talking about 12 feet high thereabouts um a bronze statue of a middle finger it's just it's like a fucking like half of it's like a post you know that's on and then the other half of it is this huge fucking hand given the bird and he's got it aimed right at her house and the best part about it is at nighttime he has a spotlight on it (laughs) wow fuck you oh he's so fucking great this is a classy dude anyway because he owns like a bunch of strip clubs and shit, like Detroit and everything. And nice. So he's a real good dude. But the funniest part about it is, you know, people are asking him like, "Why would you fucking just move next door to her?" He goes, "Well, you know, I was looking for a place, and my realtor just happened to show me the house that was next door to hers. Like it was, oh, just random. Like, oh, that's my ex-wife's house, and I really like this one, so I guess I'll purchase it." So Alan Markowitz is, uh, he's one of my new idols. And I got a picture of it. If you guys want, go uh, Google the Alan Markowitz uh, middle finger so you can see a picture of the bronze middle finger he's got planted in his backyard. It's uh, it's a fine piece of work. <laughs> I got a uh, a nice story out of Florida. Florida always seems to have like number one the place most messed for- up. You know things. what's funny about what you're talking about? If you guys listen to CBS he Radio, hasn't said it yet. You don't know what he's talking about. Fuck you. What? If you listen to CBS Radio, they say the thing. Uh, they say the same thing about Florida all the time. Like, really. Every time that we talk about Florida, somebody gets shot. Or it's it's like <laughs> some ridiculous story all the time from Florida. So this one comes from Trinity, Florida. So uh, Pasco County Sheriff deputies had to arrest a man uh, at a donut shop. Can you guys guess why? He shot somebody naked. No. 
Uh, you only get one guess. Your guess. <laughs> At a donut shop. Um, I don't it had, know. It had it, it involved alcohol. No, crack. I already said it, you only get one. What? It involved crack. No. Okay. Damn it. So deputies say that 48-year-old Charles Barry went through the drive-through of Dunkin' Donuts after identifying himself as a law enforcement officer, asked for a discount. <laughs> That's why they arrested him? Because <laughs> he was place. impersonating a police officer. I'm a cop. That's uh-huh. against the law. That is against the donut. law. He was doing it to get a discount on donuts. <laughs> That's pretty apropos. It makes sense, It's though, a double whammy. It? <laughs> that is double irony. <laughs> That's the most classic shit I've ever heard. <laughs> So did that not go over very well? No. Uh, apparently not. <laughs> no. <laughs> you think the judge laughed? Be honest. No. Um, Impersonate an officer to get the... Well, that. it goes a little bit further. So when the clerk refused to give him a discount, because, I mean, why the fuck would they give a cop a discount? They just don't do that. Um, he allegedly held up a gun, still in its holster, mind you, and said, See, I'm a cop. <laughs> okay, is that what I think jo- that's probably what drove them to arrest him. <laughs> I, is that what George Zimmerman did before he shot Trayvon? Oh, uh, did you hear about him? Yeah, didn't he get arrested run- on? Yeah, he charges? got a, he got arrested again. You know, let's see. and now it's for uh, domestic charges. We need to play a game. Um, when is George Zimmerman going to kill somebody else and actually go to jail for it? We need to start the countdown. On Unfortunately, that. not soon enough. Oh, he is a ticking fucking time bomb, man. Hey. He got away with it once. And yeah. Now he thinks he's like a god. And like, oh, dude, I can fucking kill anybody now. Go Florida. You know yeah. that that's what they teach you in gun classes, right? Shoot, what? Shoot people and get away with it? No, <clears throat> this is this is from... The, I don't know if you knew who David was when we were working with him, but um, this is from the words of somebody who has a gun license. Like The class teaches you shoot to kill, so they can't talk about what you did later in court. Yep, that is true. That is good. <clears throat> Good fucking plan. Make sure you take them out. That is How benevolent of someone who's supposed to be true. using that in a form of defense. Defense my ass. You don't need to defend yourself if you have a gun. You're very much so offensively positioned. All right, next topic. What do we got? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the fucking layout, especially with bulbs. Musical interlude. Hey girl, let's lose ourselves today. We can go anywhere we need to get away. Wanna sing that one? Just say the words and we'll song around and leave this place behind. Come on, come on. You know you're you're never gonna need him. I don't remember the chords. That's why you're in my room tonight. So go on. You know you need it. That's why you're in my room tonight. Somebody's getting raped. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a good song. Actually, most of the chord changes are pretty much just E and then it's the bass line. <laughs> that's, that's it? That's all you're gonna do? Why? The whole song is the same shit. What a tease. I know, but I like the song. I knew you'd be coming back to me. I never 
thought that you'd have the courage to ever leave. So, I mean, it's just E the whole time. And you are better off sticking right where you are. So, come, come on, come on. You're never gonna need it. Yeah. That's why you're in my room at night. So, go on. Go on. Why you're in my room tonight to go on you know you need it it's why you're in my room tonight this is my turn to do <laughs> want me to make up some lyrics no it's like it's a guitar thing oh, okay my bad Song, I bet. No, I haven't. Masturbating to horsecock tonight. <laughs> you're never gonna need him. That's why you're in my room tonight. I can't play a guitar tonight, apparently. <laughs> so go on. You know you need him. That's why you're in my room tonight. That's what I'm saying. It's the same shit the whole time. Only, only two it's beers. But it's so good, though. I don't know what he's talking about there, but it sounds kind of like he's an asshole. Uh, no, it sounds like the girl's an asshole and doesn't want to dump her current boyfriend because it's a security blanket for her, and she doesn't want to be the guy that she actually wants to be with. You know, my ex said the same thing about about eight or nine people. <laughs> hey! Singer. <laughs> She's going to kill me. I still talk to her on a daily basis. Somebody needs a bronze statue of a middle finger. I can't afford one. No shit. How much do you think he spent on that? Seven thousand dollars. Damn, dude, that's some hatred. Seven thousand yeah. bucks, dude. Should she feel bad or good? Hatred. Oh my god. Oh, I'm dude. pretty sure she laments it for sure. You think so? You yeah. think she's embarrassed? <laughs> I'd be like, dude, he fucking spent seven grand on that shit. Hey, he owns. Damn, th- he owns I have him on my. I mean, do you know the extent of like why they got divorced and everything? Nah. Who cares? I'm, I'm imagining that he erected uh, a fucking. I care because it's got to be something like pretty epic. I don't know, man. But all I know is to do that, or he's just an epic asshole, or that he owns three strip clubs, dude. So he's a class See, act. I was about to say that already sounds like she may just be like, you know, you're kind of a douche. Oh, I saw a picture of her. She looks like one of his former employees. <laughs> I'll put, oh, really? <laughs> I'll put it that way. He's got a 17 year old daughter. Countdown on her. Did I ever tell you guys about that story about that stripper who got paid like ten grand a month to dump on some dude's chest? S- sounds not hot. No, you you didn't tell me. That. I think but sucking horse cocks hotter. That than definitely that. sounds like a video that Michael would at least watch once. Oh, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen two girls one cup, dude. Believe me. Oh, dude, I I I knew about that prior, and my friend like tried to trick me into it, and I was like, nap, hey, not look gonna at work, this. dude. Dude, I've already whacked off to that. Please. Please. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, like, I didn't, I've actually never seen it. Somebody just told me about it, and then my friend was like, Hey, dude, I, I got this hot video with these two girls. <laughs> I'm like, mm, no. I don't even want to see any of that. It's real hot. There are definitely some people into some really kinky shit out there. That's true. Sure. Well, the vomit? Huh? I, I can't understand the vomit part. I, I don't know. I mean, we... there's some people that are just like, they're into filth. Like, that's just their thing. I think I remember on a past episode where we discussed how Boggs used to have that arrangement with his ex-wife where she would hover over the glass table and fucking drop deuces on it. 
Didn't that come up? We did. We did I have that discussion. We did, <laughs> we did <laughs> talk about that. That didn't actually happen. Very ever. early. I can't remember what. Uh, yeah, that was like an early, early episode. Very early on, because Boggs was shocked. And now by he's it. divorced. <laughs> and now I'm divorced. So thanks for that. Shocker. Boggs wasn't <laughs> into it like his wife was. Yeah. Let me shit on you. So nah. she did that with nine people. Mm. Thanks for bringing that up again. I I didn't bring that part up. You brought that part up. No. He brought it up. No, oh, okay. I I didn't bring up any her doing with anything with anybody. I just said that she used to hover over a table for you because you didn't want to get it on you. Used to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, little buddy. It's okay. <laughs> so what are we doing now, dude? You look like you're about to play something. He just played didn't something. Didn't I just play something? I know. He start, he's Well, sort of played something. Yeah, you have asked it. I think we need a signature segment on this fucking show. We need to pull it back in. You mean like... It's the dick of the week. I'm going to steal something from Michael real quick and go, Oh, I can't burp. Damn it. (laughs) Well, Eric wins this day. Womp womp. Motherfucker. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. No. Oh, there we go. Wait, Eric. Oh, oh. Okay, there. Oh, we just lost two listeners, according to Eric. <laughs> two listeners that we never oh, really had. Eric, I love you so much right now. Anyway, I don't know if you guys heard about this, even though it was all over the news the other day, but the uh, Harry Reid, who is the leader of the Senate, Democrat, decided to use the nuclear option, they call it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard about this. Well, Harry Reid is also my dick of the fucking week because that motherfucker should have done this about four years ago when he first ago. fucking said he's going to do it. And yeah. I know that some of the numbers have been bantied about, but I kind of gathered them all together. So if you guys have watched the news, you've heard a couple of these, but you're going to get the full story now because we are all about facts on this fucking show and putting together a full story. Right, Boggs? What? Exactly. <laughs> so what it is basically is... It takes away where you don't have to have the 60-vote threshold anymore to get judicial appointees or executive nominations through, which the president puts up. Now, you say, well, why would they do this? Well, I'll fucking tell you why. Under Obama, fucking tell you why. the judicial nominations, this is by percentage. I won't give numbers and stuff. I'll just give percentages on this. But by percentage. Under Bill Clinton, only 79% of his judicial nominations got put through. So the Republicans started beforehand. It was always like 90 plus percent across the board for all presidents. Back, W comes in office, 91% of his go through. Now under Obama, 76%. So you could see Clinton, Obama, you see how the Republicans play their fucking games. And that's not bad enough, but in... um, Judicial and executive nomination. When I say executive, I mean like cabinet posts, all the undersecretary posts, stuff like that. Um, in the whole history of the United States, 168 presidential nominees have been filibustered. 82 of them have been under Obama. 80 fucking two. 86 under all other presidents combined. Exactly. So... I think this is where the Republicans fucked up, though, because of the fact that right now on the... Judi- on the Obama. Like you wouldn't believe. On the federal courts right now, you have 390 judges that are appointed by Democrats. 
and you have 390 by Republicans. There's 93 seats available. So now all they need is the majority, which they have in the Senate, Aww. and they can fill every fucking one of them with a bunch of liberals, a bunch of gay-loving fucking liberals if they want. So, gay liberals. Exactly. And all this came down to is your cabinet. they had three judges there trying to put on the district court in D.C., and Joe Biden, Harry Reid, all of them told him, they said, if you motherfuckers don't put these goddamn judges on even if they would have just put a couple on I don't think that uh, they would have done this but they went before the goddamn senate the republicans filibusted everyone and now it's like yeah, you know what you could have had a couple more liberal judges and maybe pissed around for the next few years and got a handful more on now it's open fucking season Go but like I said yeah. Republicans always going to be dicks of the week especially the senate and the house ones but Harry Reid for fucking around like a little bitch for four fucking years. That ball is fucking wonder. Harry Reid, dick of the week. Thank you, Harry Reid. You're the dick of the week. You gave us something so negative to talk about on the show. Finally using the nuclear option. Nuclear. George Suck W. Eric's <laughs> can get a 14 year old girl to Michael's house, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I swear to Christ, one of these days. What? I'm gonna fucking kill him. <laughs> no, you can't do that. Uh. I remember singing at one point, I'm the talent of the show, so fuck off, Michael, you can't touch me. Just because you fucking sing it doesn't make it so. It's not how it works. God damn you. I mean, it pretty much does, actually. I th- um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how we both just stop and stare at Eric. <laughs> like, it was, like it was his opinion that hung in the balance. Just, Eric's uh, like, I'm in the middle. <laughs> how does it feel to be in the middle, Eric? You are actually in the middle. I want to take a time out and say that I don't really know where this fucking show is going so far like i don't feel like it's been terrible so far but i feel like it's really <laughs> it hasn't been, been great it's really been disjointed so far yeah well isn't it's, that like every single show well we've okay done hold, since on, the hold on you got to imagine it's it's the whole dynamic so we were bogsless last week we had a terrible audio sounding show and then on top of that we're displanted and we're in a new position that we're never in yeah so it's kind of a combination of yeah, we've had a discussion. We've got to move this back to your fucking place. Um, I can't handle this shit. I'm all off fucking kilter over here. <laughs> Does anybody have any other stories about anything? I don't have shit. We need to get into the fucking meat of this bitch because I got lots of good stuff. Okay, so we're going to do the typical fucking Dateline no. MSNBC Ain't gonna be Fox typical. News. No, we're taking this shit to another level, uh, dude. No, but I'm I'm just saying, like we're we we consider ourselves like a news program? Question mark. Uh, oh, I don't know about that. I said question mark. We're are we really gonna claim ourselves? Not claim ourselves. I but, said question mark. I know, but I'm just saying to destroy your point some more. No, oh. like Michael was trying to do. We're gonna what? talk about something that's like 50, 60 years old and. None of us even were alive. even question that it's a newscast. <laughs> it's um, a, I think this but is, I know what you're saying, dude. We 
I mean, we've hit on conspiratorial things before and stuff, but I don't think we ever really get too much in depth on things. But I think this is very fascinating. All I don't know. It's been played the, out. The drug running in the CIA was pretty That was pretty depth. conspiratorial. I but that's so. true that shit. That's a word or not, but hey, fuck And it. just like it's I brought easy. up the Iran thing, you know, how we haven't had good relations with Iran. Yeah, because we fucking overthrew their goddamn democratically elected government back in the 50s. So they've been a little pissed off at us since then. So anyway, the topic is... JFK because we just passed the uh, anniversary 50th anniversary on November 22nd and considering that we are good Texans and we all live about a half hour from the the spot that JFK fucking Dealey took one Plaza. for the team yeah. two I think actually I think I have wrote if anybody is listening to this and you've never been to uh, Dallas or Dealey Plaza on the street there where it happened there's a big X painted in the road I think I've probably going downtown and stuff when it Ever yeah. since I've been a teenager, I've probably crossed over that about 200 times. I used to have an asshole friend that was a drummer in a band, and I'd go down there with him about every weekend when I was in high school. And every fucking time we'd drive over that point, he'd fucking make that <laughs> fucking sound like a gunshot and fucking throw his head back like a dick. I mean, it's like, come on, man. Seriously? So... We're, I mean, so being Texan stuff, you, we take a lot of, I mean, people take a lot of offense to that. I mean, I think it was a big deal after it happened. I mean, people really shit on Texas, especially Dallas in general. Like, oh, they of took course. the fucking I mean, it, rap for it. Was, it. Well, Dallas was already, like, known as some crazy uh, right-wing, like, nutty town. My health, times have changed. And then we fucking <laughs> <laughs> off the president of the United States. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of, that's some serious shit right there. On the note of what it's he's not saying, that's lightly how, taken. How long do you think it's going to take Texas to be a blue state? Uh, it depends on how many Mexicans we have. Oh my God! No, he actually has a point. Like oh, the, the, the population racism. control. That's not racism. That's just a control. fact. I think I'm you've sorry. brought that fact up yourself, sir. Uh, he has a point, man. Like that, that populace does tend to be democratic. We're gonna have. There's a, nothing wrong with that at all. We're going to have an opening where Boggs is going to be like, fuck Texas because they accepted Mexicans. No, it's just it's just oh, the God. truth. I mean. <laughs> See, that's going to get you on whenever the Republicans. Hey, guess who's going to be on it next week? <laughs> whenever the Republicans <laughs> lost the presidential election, I mean, what were they saying? Like the majority, they were saying, well, we lost uh, the Latino vote. No, we lost the Latino vote. We lost the gay vote. They lost a lot of votes well, because they always hateful. know that they're going to lose the gay vote for the most part. Except for the log cabin there's Republicans. Like well, maybe, see, that's the thing that's... There's maybe like 0.1% of homosexuals that are Republican. Well, that's that what I'm saying. Is like, that's not a factual they, number. Yeah, I think there's <laughs> but, higher than that. But I'm saying like a lot of dumb people. the majority of homosexuals are Democrat. It's just the truth. That's right. Yeah, because they... You know, so I think people. I think the Republicans have kind of just like washed that and said, nah, we're not really going to win anything there. <laughs> Although, well, have you guys seen any news broadcasts lately where they've like, quote unquote, reintroduced themselves as the new Republican Party? Oh, of course. They're trying so hard to revamp their image because they're such a discombobulated group of people that just can't even they can't even come together about their own ideas. That's because of religion. Um, what you'll end up seeing, and this is this is kind of my point. I mean, yeah, at, it's because of religion, but I think it's a byproduct of what the voting system inherits. Yeah, because I can see what you're saying. You because, have those politicians have out there that who play, want votes. They play to the lowest common denominator to try and gather up as so much votes as they can. So would you think that libertarians are more like that then? What, playing to the lowest common denominator? Kind of, but basically they're like, because most libertarians run as Republican. To an extent, because they they hold that whole like conspiratorial-esque Kind of well, they also like they... don't care about homosexuality, and they like socially they're kind of 
honestly, they're really pretty much Democrats. And then mm. economically, no. they typically definitely run conservative. Not. But most of the time, when you see a person who claims themselves libertarian, they run as a Republican. Uh, like for Ron the most Paul. part, yeah. Anyway, so back to the topic, you motherfuckers, <laughs> you sons of bitches. I think the big talk, always, of course, when you bring up the whole JFK thing, is the conspiracies and stuff. So you got your guys are. Are real we going straight into the assassination? We don't want to talk about the man himself. Oh, I do want to talk about the man. Oh shit! I dropped my phone. So what are we doing? But that's what I was going to say. Everybody wants to, as soon as you go into it, everybody wants to talk conspiracy and stuff. But I do think that we need to go over a okay. little bit about the man. Yes. The myth, the legend. I guess not the myth. Anyway, it doesn't fucking matter. Boggs just left us. We're going to talk shitty about him for a few minutes. Okay. So here's the deal with Boggs. When we got over here tonight, we went in his room to put our equipment in there. And he had fucking some gay porn up on his computer. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just going to let you guys know. But I didn't know he was into that shit. He's really taken... A fucking turn since uh, his wife left him. I'm just letting you guys know. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so we're getting back in the topic now. Um, so, no, here's the fucking dealio. So, do you, I think we should play. We got, I've pulled down some clips from some of his speeches, and I wanted to kind of go through some of them with you guys. I mean, some of them are the cliche ones, but there's a couple on there that I really... I mean, being, you know, a liberal-minded, especially an atheist, I really appreciate. Um, the first one, of course, is his inaugural, his first inaugural speech, I think has my, his, probably his most famous line in it and stuff. And um, I thought we play a little bit of that. There's a little bit more than just a three-second sound bite. There's a little bit around it so you can kind of get more of the gist of it. In the long history of the world, only a few generations have been granted the role of defending freedom in its hour of maximum danger. I do not shrink from this responsibility. I welcome it. I do not believe that any of us would exchange places with any other people or any other generation. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. My fellow citizens of the world, ask not what America will do for you, but what together we can do for the freedom of man. I like that last line more than the other one. I think so, too. You always hear the ask not what you can do for your country, but or what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. But the second part of that always gets over missed and i think that has a lot more because the the first part of that it's very uh yeah it's patriotic and everything but it just plays to the old tune of the republicans oh no don't don't go on welfare don't actually get anything from the government you have to give them everything see i looked at it a different way i think he was kind of going for that you know i i know i'm just saying it can be played that way uh because you're taking it 
separately, and you know, which is what everybody does. Most people don't even know about that second part, except for the people that were alive around the time. I left it in there because I'm with you. I think that was, to me, that was a much more important line, how he brings in as a global thing. Like, hey, we all need to work together to make yep. this a better place. Every fucking country. I really respect a lot of things he did. I mean, and he tried to do that in his presidency and stuff. I mean, he tried to reach out to some of these other countries and, and also with like the Peace Corps and stuff. That was something that was initiated underneath him. Um, it's funny though. It's a, I mean, he was real big on civil rights here in the States. And I thought it, kind of like a sad factor is the fact that you had so many conservative Democrats and I mean, racism was, you know, alive and well, especially segregation, all that stuff. And none of his programs like his civil rights programs probably would have got passed unless, you know, if it wasn't for his death. I mean, after his death, it kind of like there was so much of a sympathy factor for him that LBJ was able to get in and pass all those civil rights acts and stuff like in 65 and do that stuff. And I think it was kind of on the back of the death of JFK, which was kind of like a sad situation. If you think about it, it's like he had all these grandiose ideas, you know, and yet nothing probably would have happened under his uh, administration had it not been for his death. And uh, I mean, he. I don't know. It's like I wasn't alive and none of us wore, so it's hard to play on it because you always get the after the fact. Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, but to me, it seems like as far as an ideal log, he was pretty much right on par with me. I think I I think I really respect him as being a liberal minded person. Like I said, a couple of these other clips will play him. I think it really plays on it. I think he's I think he's pretty much just like every politician. (laughs) I mean, to be honest, like he. Not every politician, but I, I think he's like a lot of politicians where they have good intentions, but they get wrapped up in the game. See, I, and they just they make really bad decisions, even though they might be good people individually. They just make bad decisions. I, nowadays, I'd be totally with you. I think all politicians are in the same boat because it's such a money grab and there's so much other nonsense involved with it. But I don't think back then the money interest hadn't taken such control. I think probably the people, I mean, maybe starting more so with Nixon because he was a neurotic or something. You saw people go into it more for maybe their own means or I don't know. Maybe there's more about interest and what they could accomplish to help themselves on the outside afterwards or, but even still, I mean, he didn't, he didn't necessarily act as great as some people put him out to be all the time. A great example of that is the Bay of pigs. But see, now that was something that, wasn't completely on him because, and and that's a lot of the thing that plays into like the assassination theories because he was completely briefed on it. See, he wasn't exactly aware of all, everything that was going on. A lot of that, um, the game plan for that started happening under the um, Eisenhower, Eisenhower administration. Yes, I do know that. And after the Bay of Pigs happened, um, one of the Dulles brothers, I always forget which one, I think it was Andrew Dulles, which one was in charge of the CIA at the time. He um, actually uh, pulled him in true. and I mean, he reamed his ass out. And that's a lot of the thing. After the Bay of Pigs happened, that debacle, that's one of the conspiracy theories is like the CIA took him out. You know, because- I mean, I know that Eisenhower, he approved the program in, I believe, 1960. But even still, it was under his presidency. He had all the power to stomp it and say no. Yeah, it was a completely one of those things. It wasn't where- like some law that was put in that he had to get out or anything like that. It was a plan, and he went ahead with it. He went with the CIA with it. And uh, for those of you that don't know, um, it happened on April 17th, 1961. They had uh, 1,400 Cuban exiles that they launched a botched invasion into the Bay of Pigs uh, on the south coast of Cuba. 
and it was just a complete and utter debacle. It was a horrible, horrible situation, and a lot of people died for pretty much ultimately no reason at all. Um, and our whole beef with Cuba, you know, that that's got a lot of deep history to it. But really what it comes down to is that we just didn't like the way they lived because they were uh, communist, right? Yeah. I mean, so. and, and that's kind of what also happened with the whole the issue. You know, we got to the brink of the nuclear war, you know, and when Khrushchev was trying to, he made the deal with Castro where they're going to actually allow the Russians to put nukes on Cuba, you know, and of course we held up the, the Russians, um, the ships coming over and stuff with the nukes. And, you know, that's how, you know, we almost had world war three right then. And of course he, you know, Kennedy talked him out of that. And that was like a big moment for him, I guess. Um, I don't know. He had a lot, like I said, he had a lot of grandiose ideas. Like I said, the civil rights movement was a huge thing on his mind. I guess it's starting the Peace Corps. Well, to go back to the Bay of Pigs thing. Yeah. This is where it starts getting dicey. I mean, I understand that whenever the situation started to go bad, you know, there was, I, I can somewhat forgive him, but it wasn't just necessarily, oh shit, this isn't working out. We need to back out. It was Castro put in 20,000 troops to advance towards the beach to drive out this force. And instead of backing out and saying, we fucked up, whatever, uh, President Kennedy Kennedy authorized the air umbrella where six unmarked uh, American fighter planes took off to defend uh, the brigade. They were all shot down. And then later that day, the invasion was crushed and everybody was ultimately killed. So it's like he sent all those people to their slaughter. Yeah, it was. So I, no, I don't necessarily like forgive him for that at all. No, there's and no I doubt. I think there's some bullshit things that he could have done differently that could have saved lives. If he's such a humanitarian, Yeah, you know, I, it's like, oh, well, they're not Americans. Fuck it. I understand. I mean, like I said, I it was definitely a debacle and he definitely took the brunt of it. I mean, he. You know, he stood up and he took the blame for it and everything. But like I said, I think that there's, you know, like I said, it was planned out beforehand for the most part. And I think that there was things that he wasn't completely informed on and in control of when it happened. Uh, I think he made it a bad situation worse because, I mean, he was, a, you know, we're talking a year into his presidency and or, le- I mean, you know, more or less. And I don't know. I, I. I mean, I want to. I don't want to give him complete blame for it. Though. That's the one thing I don't because I think if it had been on him, and that program had come up after the fact, I think that's something that he would have shot down. I don't think he would have been as much a part of. It. I think he would probably let his um, leadership talk him into something like that. But I mean, that's it's debatable, and you know, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I one thing that we definitely that we can see throughout his presidency is that because of the Bay of Pigs, he definitely learned from his mistakes. Because then when it came to the Cuban Missile Crisis, yeah, it that's... was a completely different scenario because he, he learned that it's a ground invasion into Cuba is a really bad idea, especially when they have potentially armed and ready-to-strike nuclear missiles. Yeah, I have to say, I think the way he handled Khrushchev, just from reports and documentaries I've seen It was on very it, good. I would have to say that... It was I, very I, smart. I mean, I couldn't imagine like someone like, you know, W Bush in charge of that. I mean, and keeping his cool oh and just God. like 
playing the waiting game. And I think you're right. I think the Cuban Missile Crisis that may have actually benefited him and his, you know, just in his negotiation skills, his diplomacy skills. And oh yeah, because I mean, while it was going on, uh, those 13 days, like they, the American people really didn't have a firm grasp on exactly what was going on. How I mean, close? they kept a lot yeah. of that hidden because they didn't want to sheer panic. Of oh, course. I think, yeah, I think they were so close. I mean, I, from things I've read, I mean, it was, it was, yeah, I mean, very close to being, cause the army was yeah. telling him that uh, they weren't ready, that they didn't have any, uh, nuclear missiles ready to strike. Uh, but after the fact, whenever it was all said and done, uh, it turns out they did. (laughs) So if we had gone in and done a ground invasion, I mean, we might be facing a different America where there are cities and areas where you can't live anymore. And who knows what would have happened throughout that with the cold war and shit. What's up people in Fukushima, (laughs) but it was pretty, it, it was very dicey and it was very well played doing the blockade and all that stuff. And, and I mean, yeah, there was posturing and stuff, but it was just, it got to the point where both sides, not just United States, but also Khrushchev were just like, maybe it's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe this is not worth it. The amount of loss that both sides will see if things really get fucking shaky. Maybe it's just good to just back away. And I mean, it worked. It, it, it did work and credit to him and his, uh, organization and all the people that, uh, were part of, uh, what they call themselves? XCOM. Yes, I think you're right. It's amazing that he was only president for, you know, less than a full term, like just a little over three years. And yet, I mean, having to face a couple of those crises. And then, of course, I think the other thing that he was known for, it's funny because, you know, probably the biggest conspiracy in the United States is his death. And I think probably right up there, I mean, maybe 9-11 edges is out now, but I think is the moon landings. Oh, Yeah. And uh, that's another clip I have is from one of his famous speeches um, where he's, you know, calling for more exploration and stuff. And so I guess we can go ahead and play that. I do not say that we should or will go unprotected against the hostile misuse of space any more than we go unprotected against the hostile use of land or sea. But I do say that space can be explored and mastered without feeding the fires of war, without repeating the mistakes that man has made in extending his writ around this globe of ours. There is no strife, no prejudice, no national conflict in outer space as yet. Its hazards are hostile to us all. Its conquest deserves the best of all mankind, and its opportunity for peaceful cooperation may never come again. But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why 35 years ago fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, 
and one we intend to win, and the others too. I love that because even though... Even I mean, though yeah, it was definitely hard, but I think we chose the moon because it's the closest body <laughs> to us. Well, I just... I love the fact that he was. We such, are we already hit space, so what's the next best thing? The I just, moon. Like I said, I just love the fact that he was and such Mars. Yeah, he was such a visionary, though. I mean, what's it, after Mars, though? Just the next planet. Yeah, but it doesn't have a <clears throat> doesn't have a solid surface, so can't really like land on it. You better calm down over there. But anyway, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, like I said, even with his progressive views on, like you know, civil rights or you know, the world working together to make the world a better place. I mean, the whole space program and stuff. It was like, you know, we're you know, you saw like the Russians doing Sputnik One and everything, putting that up there. And he's like, we can go the next step because we can do this. You know, with ingenuity, with American. I mean, it was a rah rah speech in a way too. You know, but I think that is a speech that made a lot of people look into like science and you know, have that that vision or dream. Like, hey, we can do so much more. It's like, don't just think about these things. This is something we could push ourselves towards. And like I said, that's another sad thing because that's something that didn't really get the look it deserved or, you know, the funding, the backing until after he passed away. You know, that's another thing. It's like he put it out there, but it took his death to kind of get it going. Yeah, there's uh, I mean, absolutely, you know, just mankind, you know, it's we always want to go further and further and further. I mean. Uh, except for nowadays where people just want the next iPhone or whatever. <laughs> and to them, that's that's good enough. Uh, but yeah, there was definitely... I mean, I wasn't around then, but I've definitely talked to uh, people in my family and, and other people's parents and whatever that were around whenever uh, these speeches were made about going to the moon and exploring space. And it really was like a... Almost like a fantastical idea. Like, it was just so out there. Oh, yeah. It was I mean, now complete it's like, science fiction, you know, at that point. I mean, now it's like I tell people that, you know, uh, one of our uh, <laughs> one of our satellites has gone beyond the solar system. And people are just like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, they're just like so indifferent to it. And they're just whatever. Like, whatever. Doesn't mean <laughs> shit to me. Is it on my Twitter feed? Can I selfie myself while I do it? I don't care. Uh, you know, that's like. About 20% of the reason I got off Facebook to begin with, right? <laughs> Tired of looking at selfies? The, uh, the my, what is my proclaimed generation selfie? No, just that attitude in general. Like, it's fucking crack, dude. People are addicted to Facebook. Oh, I agree. That's uh, true. But it's... But you should... You know, the, the idea of us on Facebook. somebody from this planet going to another celestial body landing on it and then walking around was just so epic to them and I mean it is still epic to some people but to the majority like you can't really get the majority excited about NASA programs anymore like they're just not I mean yeah uh, nerdy adults like myself and then you know kids that are all into it but beyond that it's like the general public they just don't give a shit they don't care because it doesn't affect their life no. Uh, they don't think it affects their life. Well, they like that iPhone, like you said. If it wasn't for space exploration and the space program, we wouldn't have those satellites up there. That yeah, well, I mean, uh, that, that's what I try and tell people. Is like, look, without without this nerdy stuff, without the revolutionary thinking of scientists, 
about trying to explore everything of mankind, we wouldn't have these wonderful devices that allow you to do your stupid selfies. And one great thing about him, um, kind of move on, we can go back a little bit if you want, is the fact that I think even though he was a deeply religious man in some aspects, I mean, he was the first Catholic president. And at the time, you know, I think it was hard to get a Catholic in as president because of the fact that, you know, the Catholic leader is the Pope. And I think a lot of people are afraid that if a Catholic got in charge of the United States, that the they would, would listen to the, the Pope. Yeah, he'd be a puppet master for him. And, uh, you can't know, imagine why. No shit. Um, but I mean, he was, I mean, just like with the moon, you know, exploration, everything that he was into, I mean, not just, like I said, civil actions and everything, but I mean, he was very into the science and betterment and I loved him. And he gave this one speech this one time and we're, I'll play, we'll play a clip here for it. It's, this is probably my favorite speech that he ever gave. I think this is awesome. I believe in an America where the separation of church and state is absolute. Where no Catholic prelate would tell the president, should he be Catholic, how to act. And no Protestant minister would tell his parishioners for whom to vote. Where no church or church school is granted any public funds or political preference. And where no man is denied public office merely because his religion differs from the president who might appoint him or the people who might elect him. I believe in an America that is officially neither Catholic, Protestant, nor Jewish, where no public official either requests or accepts instructions on public policy from the Pope, the National Council of Churches, or any other ecclesiastical source. Where no religious body seeks to impose its will, directly or indirectly, upon the general populace, or the public acts of its officials. Can you imagine any president giving a speech like that today? They, they, yeah, they would impeach him immediately. I mean, that is so fantastic. He's like, look, I'm a Catholic, <laughs> but I don't want religion determining what is best for the public good because most people, you know, I yeah, just, the, the, just so long as you believe in God. Oh, he's so he great. Episcopalians and the evangelicals would be calling for his head on a platter. <laughs> I'll tell you something that's also well, awesome. Well, they're calling Obama for Obama's head on the platter because he's black. I mean, it's a different thing. But with him, I'm going to tell you, I listen to most of these speeches. Most of these speeches are like 15 minutes long and stuff. I listen to pretty much all of them. And one thing I noticed is at the end of every one of his speeches, he's just like, he ends it and he goes away. It, it never ends with God, God bless, bless America, America or God bless you all. <laughs> he never says that one fucking time ever. He never ends with that. You well, for somebody never... that believes that the church separation between church and state should be absolute, I wouldn't expect him to. But I mean, how great is it? Because you he's never... making an example of himself. Exactly. That but even it... though he's a you Catholic, he's able to separate his political life from One his of religious the life. Issues... Do you ever hear a political speech now that doesn't end with God bless America, God bless you know you all, or whatever? One of the biggest issues I feel just in the country in general is marketing. And the reason I say that is because no matter what avenue you decide to go in in life, the marketing strategy is exactly what he's talking about. Like, hey, how can you get more votes? You know what I'm saying? Like, how can you acquire more votes? If you're ending your speeches with God bless America, it might change, what, like 1% of people and be like, well, you know, he did say that, and it seems like he's kind of religious and he's Christian. People vote for that. I agree with you on that to a point, but... Think about it this way. I think people are less religious today than they were in 1960. 
And I mean, the yet, polls would every, say so. I just think that the the amount of vocalism for religion is higher than it was then, as far as certainly I'm the news coverage. Like, and, and I think it's it's the last crying call of a dying thing. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah. they have to scratch and claw. I mean, even though they are the majority, they know that they're losing. They're losing this battle because they don't have the science to back themselves. They don't have the reason. They don't have the logic. And it's outdated, antiquated things that people know are just complete fallacies, like the fact that a man and a man cannot get married. The majority of people know that is bullshit. Any poll can fucking show you that. But religion, they cannot back away from that because they're forced to by their book. They cannot do it otherwise. I mean, that that's what cracks me up about, uh, you know, like uh, Andrew, our guest that we had... And he even said it on there, like he he is a Christian, but he doesn't go to church, and you know he, he picks and chooses. Yeah, and he is picks and chooses. Yeah, he has to because he is a, a reasonable person who believes that people are people and they should be treated like that. But he knows that his book doesn't say that, so he has to like pick See, and to choose. Me, to me, if I'm Andrew, doesn't that cheapen what you believe? You, I mean, you would think, but I mean, I, I, I get it. I get it. it it's a scary. I totally understand why it's they do it. It's a scary thing to think that this is it. It's a scary thing to think that there's nothing out there to help you beyond yourself or the people around you. I mean, yeah, there's that. It the is other thing terrifying. too is like it's emotional solace. It well, really is. I'm agnostic, so I'm not putting past the idea that there's a creator. But if there, well, is even one, atheists pushed hard enough into a corner will say that they cannot definitively say that there is no God. Well, yeah, you can't. That's not a testable thing. That's not a scientific backing. But that's not to say that this person gives a shit about whether or not you die or that there's an afterlife. You could just be a thing that he made, and then when you die, you fucking die anyway. So even in that scenario, it's not like there's an afterlife. And it's yeah. like, if you believe in a creator, then there's no fucking way that you just, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just die and then you... Well, he's the most... Like, what does he do after that? Well, God created us in his image and we are so imperfect. I mean, think about all the disease and everything that goes wrong with us. Well, no, that's because of the fall. Well, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I know they have an excuse for we everything. We were perfect but... until Adam and Eve fucked everything up. Yeah, well. Those bastards. <laughs> <clears throat> Fucking Eve, what a whore. So. Wow. Anyway, I think the last one I got um, kind of set this up for you guys. This one you may not have heard so much, and I think this goes along. We'll get, kind of get back into the conspiracy stuff because we'll go into that a little bit. Um, a lot of people, when they say that, you know, the CIA or some of these other government, these secretive governmental groups like the military industrial complex, which Eisenhower left off is talking about, um, maybe took out JFK. There's a speech that he gave um, that they say maybe was the antagonist behind that. And that here's a little clip from that one. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are as a people inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation 
if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program, for from that scrutiny comes understanding, and from that understanding comes support or opposition, and both are necessary. Now, when I listened to that, the first thing I thought of was he is basically, he's taken the military-industrial complex speech from Eisenhower, and he's taken it up like a fucking notch. And when he's talking about all that, you know, the guerrilla warfare instead of military action, all that, I'm just thinking about all the stuff that went on underneath Eisenhower with the CIA, you know, like we were talking about Iran overthrowing their government or down in Nicaragua or Guatemala, all the different things that we've done. It's like, he knows all this stuff. And he's like saying, we don't need these secret backroom, you know, military organizations doing all this stuff because we need to be, we're subservient to the people. They need to know what's going on. They need to know the facts. And I think a lot of people point to that speech. I mean, it, it's a long speech. I mean, I know that's a pretty good chunk of it, but he, it goes into some more detail and then of course he does some more variants that are more generalizations and stuff, but it's a very, it's a fascinating speech. I mean, I'd say anybody go Google the Kennedy and secret society speech and listen to the whole thing. It's really interesting. And a lot of people point to that when they talk about the conspiracy about, you know, the Bay of pigs, like you were talking about earlier. Yeah. And then that speech and some other things point to why they think that maybe the CIA had a hand in taking him out or whatever. Well, I think it's about due time that we go into the uh, conspiracies themselves. <clears throat> yeah, I'll let you guys. We killed them. <laughs> well, there's there's plenty. What? I didn't have any part of it. There there are plenty. Um, let's see. Some of my personal favorites are uh, the mob, because mm-hmm. uh, the Kennedy brothers were notorious for going after the mobsters and putting them in jail and trying to take down yeah. the organization. Robert Kennedy was the attorney general at the time and yeah. was hardcore after the mobsters. So uh, there's the whole mob tie-in that they somehow killed him, which I I can't really see that. I mean, yeah, the mob definitely is off to people and they've off, you know, some high-profile targets and stuff, but that 
the president, that's a little extreme, especially to the extent as to what had to have happened in order for the president to be assassinated. Um, let's see. We have the, uh, the uh, grassy knoll, of course, where it's uh, somebody from the front shot him. Um, uh, there's also uh, the the best one ever is the whole uh, um, stealing of the body. Have you guys heard that one? Oh yeah. No, go ahead. So apparently, whenever they took him to uh, uh, what Dallas hospital did they take him to? Parkland. So they took him to Parkland, um, and then whenever the body was being put onto Air Force One, somehow, some way, in between that exchange, somebody snatched the body. Yes. According to the conspiracy theory. And then they mutilated the body to the extent to where you couldn't really tell where the entrance and exit bullet wounds were. Yeah, they wanted to change the wounds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then somehow got the body back onto the plane. <laughs> and uh, there, There's like different ways. There's like one where it the body was actually taken physically off. And there's one where everybody was distracted on Air Force One while somebody went in and mutilated the body. Yeah, I think that might have been the way I've heard it. Apparently, according to the conspiracy theory, it was put into a casket onto Air Force One. But then whenever the body left Air Force One in Washington, it was in a bag. According yeah. to the conspiracy theory. God damn it. I've seen that and I can't remember the exact um, facts on it or faux facts. <laughs> Whatever. And then there's the uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was part of the CIA. Mm -hmm. And uh, like a Manchurian candidate kind of uh, conspiracy theory where yep. he was brainwashed into doing it. That's a big one. Um Let's see that. What other? Con there's there's a whole bunch. Um, there's the one where LBJ and some other yes. like wealthy business type Nixon people had got, something to do with it. Nixon was involved. Even I've heard where George Bush was involved, and evidently George they, Bush. They yep. said they have a photograph of the father for people out there who don't know um, where he was on scene at the day that it that it took place. There's a photograph of him. Evidently, it does look like him. I don't know if it's really him, but um. As far as the assassination itself, there's there's definitely some weird things, for sure. Um, the most obvious is the shooting from the uh, Texas School Book Depository. It's... <laughs> I, I can't really see how the hell anybody would get those shots off with that kind of accuracy. Uh, and I know that there have been some like where they take experts and try and replicate it and they can't do it. The angle, the speed and the velocity is just too much. It's too tough. Um, another thing that's a little awkward is, uh, the, the famous film where the back and to the left, if yeah. anybody's seen the JFK, uh, film by Oliver Stone back and to the left back and to the left. You know what I'm talking about, Boggs? Nope. You've never seen the Zabruder film, dude? No. Oh, my okay, God. Okay, so in this film... I grew up in a generation that didn't give a shit about literally anything So political. it shows the... Boggs is very young. It shows the car coming by, and uh, then there's, like, a body in front of the film, 
And whenever it passes the body, you see him like kind of holding his neck because that's when he got shot in the neck. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit later is another just violent explosion right in the front of his skull. Yeah. And then him going back and to the left. And that's the, the whole uh, uh, grassy knoll conspiracy is because it came from there and he went, you know, back. Right. Instead of that way, instead of forward, which is where Lee Harvey Oswald supposedly was in the school book depository. Um, the thing with that film is if you look at the explosion that comes out of the front of his skull, it is massive freaking massive and then if you look at the autopsy photos the front of his face is unscathed so like, the big chunk at the top of his head missing yeah. no it's in the back no 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 it's it's the front it's the um like front right side it is completely fucking blown out i haven't seen those the only one that mm-hmm. i've seen is where it's like his whole face and then it's just like right there is where it's but uh, I don't know. It looks a little sketchy to me. Because you saw the one after they had got the body in the back of the plane. Oh, and shit. It. Damn it. You saw the fucking... They got me. See? All these conspiracies. <laughs> That's um, the one you saw. Damn it. Conspiracies got me again. So, I mean, it, to me, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a 9-11-esque thing. It's where I don't know if it's as sinister as everybody wants to claim it to be. But there's definitely some stuff that we're not being told. There is way too much. And if you listen to any of the old news reports or you look at any of the people that first saw the president whenever he arrived at the uh, Dallas hospital or anything like that, and then versus what the government said happened, it's night and day. Two different fucking stories. I think um, I told Eric the story that I heard. I kind of, I've probably watched. A fucking 50 or more documentaries on this on different conspiracies and red stuff I mean I've I've loved this shit since I was like a fucking teenager and I'm almost 40 now so I'll tell you how long I've kind of been into this stuff and of everyone I've ever seen there's only one that I've ever seen where they explain it that I thought was it actually made sense to me and it probably is the most legitimate like you brought 9-11 I think 9-11 is funny because you know Anytime there's a conspiracy, you're talking, especially with something like 9-11, they always try and say, oh, the, you know, the, they went in, they rigged the buildings beforehand to go down, all this other shit. I think that you have to have so many people involved with something like that. There's no fucking way everybody can keep their mouth shut and you can have a conspiracy of that size. I think if it's a one or two person thing, possibly, you know, maybe Oswald was involved with somebody else and that could have happened. But um, like over the course of, the um the different theories involved like 42 different groups have been um accused uh 82 different people have been accused of being the assassin and over 214 people have been accused and i'm saying of all conspiracies combined and being involved within the conspiracies i mean okay let's just you know take it from a perspective of if it's more than a couple people you know oswald and a couple other people there's no fucking way it would have made it this long and um I don't know, Boggs. What do you fucking think as you're um, looking at fucking porn over there? As you're looking at fucking horsecock on. Uh... I'm showing him the autopsy photos, bro. Oh, okay. I thought he was looking at fucking some woman taking a big goddamn gallon load. And in next, face I'm going to from... show him the video. Oh. 
That's probably good because you need to have some fucking insight on this. How the fuck have you never seen the Zapruder film, dude? Anyway, if you guys will uh, give me a little bit of time here, I'm going to go through this. I started kind of going through this with um, Eric last week when you didn't decide to fucking join us there, Mr. Boggs, because you had an explosive diarrhea or whatever your problem was. Uh, vomit, vomiting all over the place. The <laughs> Mainly the toilet, but... I put on the. Uh, I was vomiting a lot. Oh, I was wrong because I guessed what was wrong with you, and I, I put it my pants in too. the description of our show that you didn't make it because one of your ovaries ruptured. So I guess I was wrong on that. <laughs> so anyway, this is the best Anatomically, one. Anatomically, apparently. Yeah. Well, whatever. Fuck science. Who needs it? I think the best thing that I ever saw on it was uh, I was telling Eric. You know, of course, this happened in 1963, and in 1967, CBS decided that they would recreate the shooting, and they went out and got 11 experts in ballistics, weaponry, and stuff, and they set up a tower, same distance, height, as the uh, sixth floor window, and they set up a track with a moving target on it that was going the approximate same speed. I mean, it was just a silhouette target as, um, you know, JFK's um, caravan, and they had these 11 shooters do it. And, of course, Oswald got off um, three shots within, like, 5.6 seconds was what they recorded as. So they had these expert expert shots do this. Only three of them were able to do it. And only one of them was able to do it within the time frame. There was a guy, um, his name was um, Donahue, Howard Donahue. And he was able to hit it three times in 5.2 seconds. But, like I said, this is a guy that had 30 years' experience and. um you know, weaponry and ballistics. And he said to himself afterwards, he's like, you know, I had, and it took him three tries to do it. He's like, it took me three tries. I had no pressure on me. I'm an expert. This is what I do all the time to hit that target three times in that amount of time. You're talking about Oswald, a man who was a Marine. Yes. But when you're in, like I was army. So I know this, you qualify a couple times a year on your weaponry. And there's three different rankings. There's expert, marksman, and then sharpshooter, which is the worst one. Like, that's bottom barrel you have to qualify if you want to keep your ass in the service. Oswald qualified sharpshooter. So you're talking about a guy who was an, you know, good average shot, not a great shot, shooting, trying to take out the president. So you got to think the nerves have to be at the highest possible level. I mean, I mean, in that situation, he's got to be freaking out. He had an old man liquor Carcano rifle, which by any weapons experts, you know, rights will say it's a surplus type fucking weapon that the Italians use. It was a piece of shit that he mail ordered from someplace out of Chicago. The scope on it, when they tested it, the sights weren't even completely on. They were off. And yet he was able to hit the president, you know, two times. Because they're saying basically... A moving target, by the way. A moving target. Like I said, experts in weaponry and ballistics going to do it. So this Howard Donahue, after this happened, he decided, he's like, this is bullshit. So he got really crazy in investigating it. But he did it from a different angle. Instead of like conspiratorial stuff, like everybody else was jumping to CIA and multiple fucking shooters and all this, he went and got all the Warren Commission reports on just the ballistics aspect. He got all the photographs, all the stuff and started recreating it. And uh, the first thing he went into was, like, the shots themselves. And there's a lot of witnesses that said that the first shot didn't hit. They saw it ricochet off of the sidewalk and all this stuff. And um, 
the second shot is known as the magic bullet. You've heard that, right? The magic bullet theory, yep. Boggs? Nope. Oh, my God. I love this. It's like, I, it's like I'm teaching class today. Well, basically, this was a bullet that hit JFK in the back of his uh, neck, went through his throat. Then uh, Texas Governor John Collins was in the car with him in the front seat. And the bullet went through his back, broke a rib, came out, went through his wrist, and then lodged into his leg. And the way that they showed it, I mean, it looked like it was twisting and turning through the air and all this shit. They, so they call it the magic bullet. And it was supposed to be a pristine bullet. It looked like it didn't have any, you know, perfect bullet. Nothing happened to it. And a lot of people always say, well, the pristine, you know, this whole magic bullet theory is bullshit. Well, like I said, Howard Donahue actually took the evidence into account where Governor Conley was sitting in front of um, JFK. And if you watch the video, you can see he's lower than JFK. He was in an actual jump seat added into the limo. So he's sitting about six front and to the left, by the way, is back and to the left. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> back into the left is kind of hard to refute when you see his head go. Oh, like well, that. and there's there's but there's theory behind that, too. That's not what they're refuting. So what happens is. If you put Connolly six inches lower and the jump seats were actually centered, so him and his wife were more centered in the vehicle, if you actually line it up like Bill Donahue did, or Howard Donahue, excuse me, it actually makes sense because the type of round he used was a full metal jacket round. And a full metal jacket's usually what military uses. And what they are, they're just straight solid rounds that are made to actually go through a target. Because if you're on the battlefield, like I was explaining this to Eric, you don't want to actually always kill your enemy. I mean, that is the ultimate goal, but you want to wound them as much as possible because you want to take them off of the battlefield. So if you can shoot through it, it might give them a chance to live if you don't actually kill them where they could be taken off the battlefield. And if you take down an enemy, you wound him, you're taking other soldiers off because they're having to attend to that soldier. So that's the whole point behind it. I mean, of course, Oliver Stone then, of course, made Full Metal Jacket, which is, you know, same No, he did not. Oh, wait, that was, um, fuck, that was um, your boy. I forgot. You're right. Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick, my bad. But that's where a full metal jacket that comes from. That's a type of round. Um, so he kind of was able to prove that the magic bullet theory was correct. It's just the way that the Warren Commission presented it was nonsense because they didn't actually fucking take into account the way that they were set in and the angles and everything. Um, so he pretty much, you know, totally fucking disproved that theory and proved it at the same time you know, in a roundabout way. Um, <clears throat> they this, call that a qualification. Very good, Box. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Douche cunt. So, oh my God. So wow. this, this, the second thing was the three shots. There have, um, and he used photographs, and I've seen the photographs of them where if you look by the window, there's two shells casings directly by the window and then about eight to 10 feet away, there's another casing. And they were saying, like I said, the initial first shot missed the president. The second one hit him and the neck. And then of course there's the third fatal shot. Like Eric brought up that was the, you know, back into the left. shot. <laughs> um, what they were trying to say was Oswald actually only fired off two rounds and he was trying to prove saying that the third casing up there didn't show that there was a third shot because that casing had a dent in it. And most likely what he used it for, and as a ballistics expert and a weapons expert, he knows that this is something they do with old rifles. They use it as what they call a, like a casing that they'll put in the chamber to keep it from uh, moisture from getting in or grit. 
So what they're saying is he most likely he discharged that casing out before he loaded the two bullets into it. That's why those two are directly underneath the window that he had fired. So then it goes into the whole, you know, where'd the third shot come from? This is where he gets into like the ballistics part of it. Of, like Eric was saying how it blew out his fucking head. <laughs> so <laughs> the first shot like I so said, so do I, by the way, the first shot fucking missed. God damn what I got to deal with. The second shot went through the neck. The third shot actually from the angle of it, hit him in the back of the head. Oh my God. I'm going to be running solo on this motherfucker. I actually wanted you guys to participate. No, no, no. I'll be back. I'll, I'll be right back. I promise. Oh my God. This is what I got to deal with around here. I'm sorry, bro. I got to break the seal. Okay, you go break the seal. The problem is I'm like trapped in this little corner. <laughs> no shit. I can't escape. Hey, I sent out a picture earlier. Go to Twitter. <laughs> you can see Eric in his little cubby. I'm going to have to crawl under the table. It's fucking bullshit. Oh, shit. Hey, at least unlike last week, you motherfuckers can hear what I'm saying. It's not... The whole fucking time. Don't listen to it. It's I put the warning. I just told those fucking people. I said, don't listen to this shit. It's fucking terrible. It's goddamn terrible. I'll be damned if he didn't just fucking climb underneath the goddamn table. He did just climb underneath the goddamn table. Anyway, what was Sorry, that? I gotta pee. No, you're good, man. You're taking care of business. You're doing what you gotta do. What I'm confused is why Boggs is so anxious to go with me. I don't know. That's the weird part. Boggs is sitting on to me. He goes, let's go to the bathroom I know. Together. He's like all excited. He's like, you gotta go? I gotta go too. I actually do, but I'm gonna go in the backyard. <laughs> oh, I hope this is getting picked up on the mic. Okay, everybody, it's the Michael show again. I've been uh, left by myself, and I forgot where I was, so we're going to go back to this. So anyway, the third shot from people I've seen from the Zapruder film, how it blows out the side of his head, whereas the initial shot went, like I said, directly through him and Connolly. Um, the only thing they could do that, and by the autopsy report, that was done in Maryland after the body of JFK was delivered there by Dr. Humes, um, who actually did the official autopsy in Maryland on JFK's body. The third shot, what they showed where it hit in the back of the head and then exploded. When they did the x-rays, they found 30 to 40 uh, fragments of the bullet in there. So the only type of bullet that could do that is what they call a frangible bullet, or a lot of people hear the term uh, hollow point. So you're saying that Boggs hitting, or God damn it, sorry about that. I'm seeing dickhead motioning to me. Um, that Oswald was able to hit JFK. What the fuck are you doing, dude? Dude, I, it's fucking cold as shit outside. No shit, it's 30 degrees out. Why are you going out back to fucking piss anyway? Because Eric, use my bathroom. This is what I'm dealing with, people. So basically, it would have had to been a frangible round or a hollow point round in order to do that type of damage. And um, according to the autopsy reports, um, Howard Donahue was able to establish that from the entry wound in the back of JFK's head based on where he was at, according to the Zapruder film, or the pictures that they had at the time shown where JFK was located when the third shot hit, that the shot actually came from directly behind him um, at an angle from coming over from his left shoulder. So directly behind him was the car with the Secret Service members in it. Now, the great thing about it was, at the time, I'll just kind of kick it up because we don't want to get too late in this, but 22 people testified that that were on the grassy knoll or around the area at the time that they smelt gun smoke or sm 
saw smoke on ground level. Now, if your shot was coming from the sixth floor from over 100 yards away, you're not going to see or smell the goddamn gun smoke from it. Now, this included police officers, Senator Yarbrough, um, Ralph Yarbrough, and also uh, one of JFK's secret ser- or one of the secret service men that was riding alongside um, JFK in the front car at the time. You guys want me to go over this again since you're back? Now, what now? are we talking about? I'm explaining how uh, <laughs> there's fucking a shot that came from behind JFK. Yes. You motherfuckers. I am solving this fucking crime tonight. Yeah, I bet you are. Everybody listen to this. The the 50-year-old murder. I've solved it. <laughs> that's got like a thousand different scenarios. Actually, I'm still in it. I'm still in the solution from it. Like I was saying, though, that's how Donahue got. He pretty much proved the ballistics of it, where the shots came from and everything. And then the great thing is, um, during the Clinton administration, I'll kind of go back since you guys are here now, um, they reopened the investigation. I know you don't know of this, Boggs, because you're not up on any of this shit, evidently. But um, Yep. Clinton reopened the files, and they started releasing a lot of these documents and stuff. So this guy, uh, Colin McLaren, he's a kind of like a famous detective and stuff out of Australia. He knew of the Donahue works and his ballistics that proved that the shot came from the secret service car. So he started digging into it and he got all the Warren commission um, documentation and stuff. The, you know, the different interviews and stuff that they had done. And it proved a lot of the stuff that he had said, you know, that people on the ground actually smelled the gun smoke, saw it. Like I said, 22 people. He said 11 people were witnesses to, one of the agents, an agent named George Hickey, who was directly behind and to the um, the left of President Kennedy and the car directly behind him, probably about 15 to 20 feet away. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the video, but the car right behind him is full of Secret Service. Yeah. It's directly behind him. So it's not a, I mean, not a big gap of distance there. 11 witnesses saw him after the first shot, which is the supposed missed shot, where George Hickey reached down and pulled up. They had an AR-15 in the car, an assault rifle. And he actually picked it up and turned, like, the look back at the window. And like I said, they had 11 witnesses. Seven of them were Secret Service members that said this. One of them was the Dallas mayor at the time, uh, Earl Cabell. And then the other was Senator Ralph Yarbrough, a Texas senator. All witnessed this, where he picked up the rifle to turn and look. Uh, the thing that was Funny about it was in Hickey's report to the Warren Commission, he did a deposition on it. He didn't actually interview before him, just did the deposition. He wrote that he didn't actually pick up the rifle until they're underneath the underpass, which I guess if you've never seen the site before, from where JFK got shot to the underpass, it's probably at least a couple hundred feet. Yeah, it's it's a distance. And uh, he said that he had to cock and load the gun in order to fire it. But the head of the Secret Service said that, no, the gun is always at ready, meaning it's cocked and loaded and ready to go. The only ha- thing you have to do is flip off the safety. So he completely lied. I mean, that's all it came down to. And they never actually interviewed him. Like I said, this was in a deposition. So the thought on it is, is that third shot actually came from the Secret Service member because what happened was he was on the back seat of the limo in the back of it, he heard the first shot, turned, which there's video of this. You can actually see it on the uh, Zapruder film where you can actually see him because you can actually see the car because JFK's not completely up there yet where he's in the back of the seat and he'll kind of turn. And then what happens is 
they're saying that he was pulling it up to pull the safety off. And most likely he actually discharged the gun. And that was the final third shot that explains the differential on the round, the, um, where the shot came from, according to, like I said, the, so they're saying uh, this is literally a freak accident, complete accident. Like Oswald was acting alone completely. How does it explain the uh, back and to the left? Well, think about it this way. JFK is already holding his throat and he's leaning forward. That shot hits him, right? It actually pushes it. If you like lean forward as much as you can, I can't react it because we're doing this, you know, audio. But if you like lean forward kind of, because the shot hit him about, you know, a certain point right in the back of his skull, it kind of pushes him forward just gradually. And then it explodes out. And that's what kind of kicks him back. If you see the explosion where the shit comes flying out of his head, like you said, you see it just come out. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just a massive fucking explosion. mist and the shit just comes flying out. It actually kind of, because if, if you lean your head forward and just like push down on the back of your head, your head will pop up. It's just a reaction. And you got to think of the force. The bullet hit, it probably pushed it down. And then that explosion where the frangible bullet just shatters inside of him. And like I said, during the autopsy, which you guys weren't here because you guys are playing circle jerk, um, they found like 30 huh. to 40 fragments inside his head. And that would only happen with like a frangible hollow point round. And like I said, the initial round that, um, J- or that Oswald fired that they pulled out of Conley was a... Uh, full metal jacket round. It's like, why would he use two different rounds? And then the different, like I said, the angle, the only reason that people debunk this is because they're like, well, because of the explosion, there's no clear exit wound. You have the entry wound, but you don't have the clear exit wound. So you can't completely say that that is where the shot came from. That's the only thing, but it makes complete sense because like I said, you had 11 witnesses that saw him with the rifle directly after that first shot was fired. So you're thinking the cover-up is more about saving someone's career? No, I think it's about saving... Oh, shit. It's about saving the Secret Service's ass. Because what happened was, first of all, like, when they started doing the depositions and stuff, they only talked to a couple of the Secret Service guys to begin with, which makes no sense. Why didn't the Warren Commission pull all of them in? Yeah. And uh, they had on record that the night before, most of the Secret Service guys went downtown to Dallas, and they were going to, like strip clubs and stuff and drinking. So they had been drinking all night before they had to protect the president the next day. And then Bill Hickey was a driver. He had only been the secret service, um, or George Hickey, excuse me. He had only been the secret service for like four months and he was a driver. They're saying the reason that he got changed to that position is because he was one of the few guys who didn't actually go out drinking the night before. So he was <laughs> the most with it. I mean, this is all documented in the Warren yeah. commission. That's why I love this guy because between this Donahue guy and this McLaren guy, every bit of evidence they have is actual physical evidence or from the Warren Commission. It's no, they don't take part in any conspiracy. I mean, they don't bring up Jack Ruby or any of the mafia or any of this bullshit. It's completely based on depositions, interviews, and the, and, and the information that was, you know, given by the doctors during the autopsy. And like the Secret Service automatically, it seems like they went in a cover up mode because they're supposed to do an autopsy here in Texas based on the law. But they pushed for it to go back to D.C. To D.C. Yep. And not only that, but then when they got to D.C., a lot of the guys and stuff were in the room. They said um, the doctor, Dr. Humes, he was the one that did the autopsy, said that there was about 30 members in there. I mean, Secret Service, FBI, a couple of FBI agents, a lot of other people. They were taking pictures. There's a, a photographer. He said he took probably about 20 different roles. Secret Service took those. Uh, there's two FBI agents in there that Hoover had going there to take notes on everything that was going on there in the autopsy. Secret Service took everything. All of it's lost now. 
And that guy's, I started bringing up the Clinton thing. Clinton started the investigation again. He hired a federal judge. His name was Tunheim. I don't remember his first name. He was in charge of reopening the case and redoing the interviews and stuff. And Tunheim even said the most difficult problem he had with that whole reinvestigation was the Secret Service would not cooperate with him. And literally two weeks before they started the reinvestigation, all the notes and information that the Secret Service had, they had destroyed. I mean, that that's not too shocking because as far as it goes, I mean, this was a giant fucking debacle for the Secret Service. Yeah, I mean, they uh, totally fell. Completely regardless if it was a, uh, a, a Secret Service member that accidentally fired off a round. And that that think, was the kill shot. And that's unquote. what it is. It's not like it was but, an intentional. I mean, it seemed like it was a complete accident. He was pulling it up and just accidentally, like, you know, the shots are fired at the president. He pulled it up toward the president, looks back. They start, you know, the second shot goes off. That's the one that hits Cannon in the neck. They gun the fucking car. He accidentally fires it. But it wasn't just, it wasn't just that the Secret Service completely flibbed on. Uh, You got to look at uh, all the open windows that were around in the downtown area that anybody within the Secret Service would have said those need to be shut. So then when they're going with the motorcade, if anything's open, they can fucking put on a mic and somebody would be up in that building immediately to figure out what's going on. And they would have their eye on it the entire time. I think that was the point when they're bringing up how so, they're out drinking and fucking around the night before. They, It's like they weren't taking it seriously. You know, It's like they're not in the condition they needed to be in. And then on top of that, if you look at any of the videos, you can see um, on the back of the... Uh, the car that they were driving in, you'll see like on the trunk, like little handlebar looking things. Yeah. And those are specifically designed. So the secret service can stand on the back so they can essentially protect the president from behind without having to look behind them. And what were they doing running behind the car? Mm-hmm. So they weren't even doing that. Like they, they weren't even like guarding the president as far as that aspect. They completely left him completely wide open with open windows all over the fucking place to get his head blown off, which exactly what happened. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I've... Secret Service blew it big yeah, time. I, like I said, I've looked at tons of this. stuff. I love this conspiracy shit, man. But of everything I've ever looked at, I mean, it's always... There's I mean, so much I'm, speculation. I'm with you. It's, it's hard evidence uh, that, that needs to be followed. Uh, but I mean, it, it's tough when it's a 50 year old investigation and like you Everybody's said, everybody's dead now. Most of the documents know. have been uh, destroyed probably. And then, uh, a lot of the people that were around then are now deceased. So In- including George Hickey. I mean, he passed away in like 2002, three or whatever. I can't remember now, but yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, if you just look at it from the perspective of how the secret service treated afterwards with destroying evidence, you know, taking oh, not all just that evidence, but like we just said before. Yeah. I love how, like I said, I love how in the nineties, you know, Clinton reopened that. And then that judge, you know, said, he goes, yeah, he goes, I couldn't get anything. I had a, I should have brought it. There's an audio clip of him talking about it. And it was, it, he, that's exactly what he's saying. He's like, you know, he goes, we didn't have any issues. He goes, everybody that, you know, could come in and do the interviews was very cooperative. We got all the information. He goes, the only problem we had was secret service. But he's like, then he tries to qualify. He's like, but you know, that was a terrible day for the Secret Service, you know, after what happened. He goes, you know, I kind of understand. It's like, I don't understand. They they should have been more yeah, cooperative. They, they, have, you know? they have to answer for the death of a president. 
So, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying of all the things I've ever heard, I, I've always had a little bit of doubt of Oswald being the only one just for the fact that, and it's like, you know, Donahue said, you know, he was an expert. And like I said, CBS had 11 experts come in and try that. And only three of them were able to manage it. And Donahue did the best job. And he even said afterwards, he goes, you know, take into account the situation, the poor skills that Oswald had compared to himself and, you know, under that kind of stress and everything, he, he said right there, it clicked in his head. He's like, this is impossible. He couldn't have done this. And he just went fucking insane trying to go over all this ballistics. And he pretty much proved to himself that Oswald only hit him once. He got off two rounds, hit him one time. And then, like I said, by the bullet, the autopsy reports, all the interviews. And like I said, it's not just like spare people that are hanging out on the grassy knoll saying this. You had senators the mayor of Dallas, seven other Secret Service guys that said, yeah, he had the rifle in his hand directly after the first shot went off. You know, people smelled the gun smoke down there. Like, I can't remember, Law, uh, Secret Agent Lawson, I can't remember his first name. He was in the car with Kennedy. After the first shot went off, he turned around. He said in a deposition that was written, it's in Warren Commission. You know, you can look it up. It's in the report. He says he saw... Um, Hickey with the gun in his hand and he thought at that point that Hickey had fired around when he first turned around and saw it and like I said Senator Yarbrough was in the car behind the Secret Service one he was a retired Marine and said I distinctively smelled gun smoke so like they try and blow oh people don't know what gun smoke smells like and they try and brush <laughs> off other people yeah this is a fucking guy that knows you know so I mean all the evidence is there is it you know, I can't say for a fact, but of everything I've ever seen, to me, this is the most legitimate investigation I've ever seen, and it makes sense to me. Yeah, it's so, a lot better than the whole. Uh, well, Nixon was blah blah blah. blah yeah, blah, Nixon, blah. Nixon did it, and George W. Bush. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, those are fun ones. Don't George get me wrong. Bush. Sorry, not George W. Bush. Yeah, I mean, those are all fun. I love fun conspiracies, but to me, that one is the most legitimate one. It makes the most sense, and I think there's the most to back it up. But I, I, I mean, I guess for all the conspiracy theorists out there, I mean, kudos to you guys for pretty much uh, putting a cap on the investigation to where we can never really know the truth no because uh, because of all of the stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure that given a long enough timeline, like some of the people involved probably would have come out and said something. I mean, you would think, but with all the conspiracy conspiracy theories and not only that but so many people that actually believe that they were probably like hey just just let it ride dude like it's so just overbearing and just drowned in all this like nonsense that it's very hard for people to discern between what's real and what's what's not so given that kind of ease to just drop it <laughs> yep i mean why not? But if they stuck to the facts and there wasn't all this other crazy bullshit, then I'm pretty sure over a long enough timeline, like Hickey would have been an, under a lot of pressure once, uh, you know, the forensics caught up to it and started asking questions and he would have been forced into saying something. But instead we got all this, it's the mob is the industrial military complex getting back at him for the Cuban Missile Crisis. Well, I think the thing that they looked out on, too, is the fact that, you know, even though there's a lot of information out there, like the Zapruder film didn't come to light until, what, like 1991 or, or something? I mean, it. 
you're talking about so far after the fact. And like I said, it, it seems like, now this is speculation, but it seems like Secret Service did kind of go into cover-up mode. I mean, they got rid of information that was out there available that probably could have pulled it in and said that, you know, they were, I don't know, I wouldn't say they're completely not on their game that day, but they, they, no, didn't they really were not pre- on the game. They didn't really perform the job they were supposed to. They were not on their game. That's clear. And they did seem to, it seems like, you know, they did cover it up, but I think, you know, it's like you brought the JFK film earlier. So when that Zapruder film came out, that's what reignited everything, you know, yeah. and then Oliver Stone did the JFK film. And like you said, he, they really promoted that back into the left, back to left, grassy knoll, grassy knoll. But there's really no evidence to promote that. And people are saying there's people on the overpass in front of him. But there's no gunshot wounds to the front either. I mean, there's the evidence doesn't back any of that up. It's, it's fun. It's for, it's great for movies. It's great for conspiracy theory. But when you get down to the actual evidence that's in the autopsy reports and what's in the Warren Commission, you look at it. That's what these guys did. And it's like, to me, this makes the most sense. And I could completely see that. I mean, it's the most feasible thing out there. Because I really can't see Oswald being able to pull this shit off on his own, you know. And it's like unintentionally helped <laughs> by the Secret Service. It's a very, it's really sad. And and you have to understand, it's like if they did figure out that that's what happened, you have to cover that up almost. I mean, how can you come out and say, yeah, we kind of fucked up and killed him? <sighs> Our bad. I mean, there's really nothing else you can do. Yeah, I mean, but... I mean, I don't know. I mean, would there would there have been criminal charges? Because it's not like he did it on purpose. See, I don't know. I, that's the thing. It's, it's a complete misfire. I mean, there's there are plenty of gun owners out there that can talk about their misfires. Hey, what's up, George Zimmerman? No, oh, I guess his was a misfire. Uh, his, his was, was his intentional. He still but got off though. He, I mean, me personally, I know people that have misfired their weapons. Um. Or people's parents. They're out hunting Bigfoot. I know of uh, one of my friends whose dad put a bullet through their uh, their bed because he was cleaning it and it, he didn't realize that there was a round in there. Um, I know of another friend who... I misfired in my bed a few times. <laughs> was uh, was uh, out in the, the woods uh, shooting off his uh, handgun and... Uh, didn't realize that he didn't have the safety on and shot himself in the hand. It, it was a graze, though. It didn't go through. It was just a graze. But he still shot himself. Uh, so just me personally, I know quite a few people that have misfired their guns. So even experts do it. People that have been around guns their entire life do Def- it. Definitely. So I can't really see that criminal charges would have been brought upon him. No, and it's it's same like I, I said. I mean, he definitely would have. That would have ended his career. Oh, my God. But then again, I think anybody in the Secret Service involved in that day probably should have lost their career. Just saying. Yeah. You guys fucked up. <laughs> your your one sole job is to fucking protect the president, and you failed miserably. Miserably. Oh, one other thing. I mean, this is after I've already talked about now, but the head of the Secret Service at the time, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he actually did go before the Warren Commission, and they asked him about the automatic rifle in the car, Yeah, and he denied it. He was like, oh, no, we don't have one of those, after they had already talked to like several other Secret Service agents. See, that's that what I'm it, talking so about. Like, there's so they, much. They did cover it. I mean, it, like I said, it's all in the Warren Commission. If people actually look through it, the great thing is, like I said, this guy, the McLaren that went back through it, 
You know, it's like, unlike back in the sixties where it's like a ton of paperwork on a fucking desk and it's like, have fun going through it. That's the greatness of technology. You know, you got computers, you can cross reference and find this shit real quick. It's real easy to type in gun smoke and you get every fucking time someone mentions they smelled gun smoke. And so I guess it's, it's very fascinating. And there was actually a book written by Donahue. Well, not Donahue, Donahue got with a writer. And they put out called Mortal Air. And like I said, it's a lot of the premise of this, but then that McLaren guy went back through it and then he took all the additional information that was released and um, kind of verified the information that Donna had put out. And that, it's, like I said, it's fascinating. I mean, I think anybody should look into it and stuff. If you're interested in this kind of stuff, I think it might bring a little bit more clarity than fucking, you know, the CIA or LBJ or whoever fucking did it. I think this is a lot more feasible. So. Yep, so sucks that we lost that president. Uh, Never got to see Neil Armstrong step on the moon. Who knows what would have happened if he kept on going. I'll tell you what would have fucking happened. I wouldn't fucking be here. Thank God that son of a bitch got shot in the fucking head because he was going to end the Vietnam War, dude. My goddamn dad served three tours. The reason that I'm here today is because he was over in Vietnam with a guy whose sister was best friends with my mom, and that's how they met. So if he would have fucking stymied the uh, Vietnam War, you wouldn't be hearing this fucking genius today. Oh, hell. So. Shit got real. Goddamn right. So fuck Kennedy. <laughs> I'm glad that motherfucker. Wow. I'm glad Hickey blew his fucking After head off. After you just fucking praised him for the whole show. <laughs> I didn't say he was a bad Jesus. president. I'm just glad that some bitch got shot because I wouldn't be here if he did it. Jesus. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. <laughs> That's a that's a little extreme. Where the fuck did Boggs yeah, dude? I wanted him Who to... Who cares? We need to go out with fucking just one goddamn nugget of fucking Rob Ford fun because it's the funniest goddamn thing say, I've we, ever heard politicians We can politicians go through our, uh, our second favorite politician of the week. <laughs> well, like Eric said, I got a bunch of clips and he's like, he's kind of been played out and I agree with him, but... He has been very played out, but we can still play his shit because there might be people out there in our universe that haven't fucking heard him yet. People over in uh, Europe that listen to us, they probably haven't. And I'm face pretty it. sure they probably heard it over in europe but who knows but after we've gone this fucking far why not huh <sighs> right so are we gonna go through all these are we just going through succession i guess fuck it let's do it all i'll right. just a quick setup on each one this is the one where he finally admits that he fucking smoked crack it was very cautious you asked me you asked me a question back in may and you can repeat that question the question we asked you back in May. Yeah. Can you, you explain the video? What you, so you 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 asked me a couple of questions, and what were those questions? Do you smoke crack cocaine? Exactly. Yes, I have smoked crack cocaine. When, but sir? no, do I? Am I an addict? No. When have you? Have I tried it? Um, probably in one of my drunken stupors. Probably approximately about a year ago. I fucking <laughs> I love him, dude. Next to In JF- my drunken stupor, approximately a year ago. Next to JFK, he was the, he is the greatest politician of all time. Uh, the second one is after that came out. Then one of his buddies, I guess, released um, some cell phone footage of him fucking just losing his shit. Now the quality on this one sounds about like our last episode, but try and fight through it oh, and listen God. for gold in it. No holds barred, brother. He dies right back, brother. <laughs> Wow. I don't even know what he's talking about, but I just love the fact that he's a sick motherfucker, dude. I think he's 
talking about winning an election? He's talking about fucking somebody up, dude. I don't That's know if I'm it's like, the election or just about beating like, ass. Because he says, I don't know. I don't know, but it's fucking gold. And then my very favorite clip of all, this is now after they've discovered the crack video and he's been accused of that. Now everybody's come out of the woodwork to talk about all the awful things that Rob Ford has done. So of course. he's fucking fighting back in this clip. I have to uh, take legal action against the waiter that said I was doing lines at the beer market. That is outright lies. That is not true. Um, you know what? What? But, but it hurts my wife when uh, they're calling a friend of mine a prostitute. Alana is not a prostitute. She's a friend, and it makes me sick how people are, are saying this. So unfortunately, um, I have no other choice. I'm the last one to take legal action. I can't, I can't put up with it anymore. So I've named the names. Um, litigation will be starting shortly. I've had enough. That's why I warned you guys yesterday. Be careful what you wrote. Okay, so that's all I have to say for now. Oh, and the last thing was um, Olivia Gondak. It, it says that I wanted to eat her pussy, Olivia Gondak. I've never said that in my life to her. I would never do that. I'm happily married. I've got more than enough to eat at home. Thank was you very much. Was there anything that was true? Uh, <laughs> Is that not the greatest fucking thing you've ever heard? I, I, I do have to respect a politician that can go out there and say, look, I was told that I want to eat her pussy out. I just love how he fucking he says it so nonchalantly and then he's like I've got more than enough to eat at home oh yeah by the way she says that I want to eat her pussy out dude I love him so much so then after all this shit's gone down the um I guess like the council the city council or whatever the fuck it is in Toronto they're pulling him before him like now they're trying to put um they can't kick him out. The, like the laws say that they can't make him leave the mayorship and stuff. So they're trying to put restrictions on him. So then this is his little speech to them. This, folks, reminds me of when, and I was watching with my brother, when Saddam attacked Kuwait. <laughs> and President Bush said, I warn you, I warn you, I warn you, do not. Well, folks, if you think American-style politics is nasty, you guys have just attacked Kuwait. And you will never... Okay, You will never see something that you have... Mark my words, friends. This is going to be outright war in the next election. Okay. <laughs> Dude, it doesn't make any sense, but it's so fucking awesome. All I know is he's threatening their ass, I guess, with war. You just attacked Kuwait. He's a little bit bigger than Kuwait. I don't know. Do you have the last track up there? I didn't know there was a last track. Oh, my God, dude. There's um one more clip. It's, it's fucking awesome. <coughs> he's a... Uh, oh, my God. Are you okay? Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Eric's fucking... We've already lost Boggs. He already fucking passed out on us. I think he went... Did he go in his room to pull up that fucking horse porn <laughs> I was talking about? No. Maybe. Maybe he's watching that horse video. I was gonna say, I haven't seen him in a while. All right. Here you go. Oh, okay. So, after all this shit's happened now, now he's defending himself again. This is a CNN reporter asking him about all of his past discretions, and he's uh, he's sticking up for himself. Why did you decide to finally admit that you had smoked crack? I'm not going to run around and be phony and, you know, 
lie, and I'm not going to have someone try to blackmail me and say they got videos of this and but you over on my head. And because uh, no, you don't trust what the Toronto Star says. I just had enough. I, I was sick and tired of all these allegations and all this. And excuse my words, and, and that's all it is. Sorry, kids. I shouldn't have sworn in front of the kids. And you know what? I made mistakes. I drank too much. I smoked some crack sometime. I'm, I'm, I, what can I? What can I say? I made a mistake. I'm human. Dude, I love it. I, I forgot to mention that he was in a school in front of a bunch of kids when he he said he's tired of all the bullshit. And I love it. He goes, "I'm sorry, I shouldn't have sworn in front of the kids." Sorry, yeah. But I have only done crack like a, sometimes. So maybe I drink a little too much. Maybe I've done crack a couple times. He's like, I think that's worse than dropping bullshit in front of the kids. All right, let's not let them know that the mayor's smoking crack and drinking a little bit too much. Anyway, I don't know, dude. Rob Ford. Is definitely probably top fucking three politician of all time for me. You know? He's uh, he's definitely making a name for himself. You know who's That's really for fu- sure. You know who hates his fucking guts? Who? Anthony Weiner. He's like, all I did was send a couple fucking pics of my penis to women. This and- guy smokes crack. <laughs> this guy smoking crack. He's cursing people cr- out. <laughs> cursing. Talking from- about eating pussy. There's like a report that like he was, you know, drunk one time and one of his limo drivers was just taking him somewhere and he had to get out of the car and piss and he like took a piss in front of a schoolhouse or something on the side of the road. I mean, this dude's so out of control. Anthony Weiner's like, really? All I did was send my dick pic to a fucking broad. This is ridiculous. This is, hey, all you do is smoke a little crack and be funny. Come out and be <laughs> honest about it, you know, and then people love you. Watch him get reelected again. I don't know if people love him. I just think it's the train wreck. No, dude. Let me tell you something. After it came out that he he admitted he smoked the crack and everything, his fucking approval numbers went up. What? I no, I shit you not. Really? Yes. What the fuck is wrong with Canadians? He's kind of like the white Marion Barry. Only like you can understand what he says, which is worse for him. I don't understand that. I don't know either. I don't know how you smoke crack and then admit it. And then gain approval. I don't know. I kind of love him a little bit more now than I, you know. Than I mean, maybe it's the whole Canadian, you know, like uh, Canadians are just too nice. Um, maybe that, but I mean, you know, they they do have a lot of uh, areas that have legalized marijuana and stuff. So maybe they're just like when it comes to drugs and all that shit, they're like, I'm like, ah, eh, whatever. Yeah, they're a little bit more progressive than we are. So anyway, I'm glad. Yeah, that, that wouldn't fly in the states. I'm glad everybody listened to this one, and hopefully when we put it up, you'll actually be able to hear it. Yeah, yeah, they should. Listen to two of the greatest fucking politicians of our time, John F. Kennedy and the great Uh, Rob Ford. We're not not even putting Rob Ford in the same category. No, we're not. Hell no. No. I don't know what he's done uh, politically. Take that back, just JFK. as, As far as I know, politically, he's an asshole. I mean, you you couldn't tell that by from from those audio clips, but you better fucking lay off him, dude. You know, attacking him is like attacking Kuwait. Uh, he's uh, he's definitely a right wing kind of guy. Uh, from what I understand, like he tried to make uh, it was some kind of policy with uh, these coal trains that they have up in Canada, and he he was trying to like get them banned. Do you want to know why? No, please. Because on his way to the city from the suburb where he lives, he had to stop for the train. <laughs> well, he, he was in a he, rush trying to get to his crack. He tried dealer. to change policies 
because he had to stop for a train. Hey man, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you where I used to have where we used to have our house. Oh my god, excuse me. I fucking I've been drinking too much. Um, I had to fucking drive sometimes to get to work and everything. There's a couple places I had to cross that had trains, and uh, I agree with you, man. Fuck trains, dude. Trains are the worst. So I'm with him on that. Of course, it never drove me to fucking smoke and crack, but. But as far as our emissions compared to uh, your 16-wheelers and the efficiency, I think trains are the better way to go. Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't have just to fucking, saying. I don't have to stop for a fucking 16-wheeler. Fucking trains. Fuck trains. <sighs> if you're a train conductor, fuck you. Yeah, I said it. Sorry, dude. I'm tired. It, uh, yeah. It's okay. real fucking late. Well, I apologize, folks, that, that we don't have a uh, song for you to go out on. Boggs has disappeared. He's probably... Uh, yeah, seriously, I, I have no I idea he's where doing. he's at. No clue at all. He's masturbating the nugget porn or... <laughs> fucking nugget porn. <laughs> Dude, he's fucking jerking off to a midget sucking a horse cock. Or he's... <laughs> <laughs> or he's uh, playing League of Legends or whatever the fuck. Dude, I don't know. Now, that's probably more like it. If he is, I'll go in there, take a picture, and put it up. He's vanished. He'll probably some come up with some kind of story about how he's talking to a girl or something like that. But we all know that's bullshit. Yeah, that's true. Probably a guy. Tranny. <sighs> God damn it. All right, folks. He's on Craigslist looking for trannies. <laughs> well, th- this show's gone on way, way too long. Eh. They can never be long enough. No, this is this is a, yeah, way too long. <laughs> Whatever. Hope you enjoyed it. Peace out.